Welcome to the Health Code Podcast. I'm Sarah, otherwise known as Sarah's Day, and I'm a health and fitness YouTuber. And I'm Kurt, professional photographer and content creator, or also known as Sarah's Boyfriend. We're here to help you crack the code to a healthy and fit lifestyle. We're going to be talking all things health, fitness, relationship, lifestyle, and career. So it's time to grab your code books because we're about to spill some serious tips. Really? That sounds so bitchy. Ah, yes. Welcome back to another episode of the Health Code Podcast. And on today's episode, we have Tim Silverwood, who is the co-founder and CEO of the initiative Take Three for the Sea. So if you're unaware of what Take Three for the Sea is, it basically is an initiative to raise awareness and make people go out and take three pieces of rubbish wherever they are, whether they leave the beach, the parks, so that rubbish doesn't end up into our waterways. And, and it's kind of an epidemic at the moment. We have a lot of plastic that's ending up in our oceans. So within this podcast, we speak a lot about the environment. We speak a lot about ways to improve and minimize our use of plastics. And we also speak about Tim's life as the CEO of this great initiative and future projects that they have planned. So without further ado, let's get into the show. All right, what's up guys? Welcome back to the Health Code Podcast. And today we have a really exciting interview. We have Tim from Take Three from the Sea, the CEO and co-founder of Take Three from the Sea, which we'll get in, we'll touch on a little bit later on. But thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Oh, nice to be here, guys. Yeah. Looking forward to it. It's a topic very close to our heart. I feel like in a former life, I was a mermaid. So, you know. And I'm a mermaid. None of that stopped you. Like, you, can, you can relive that anytime you like. Uh, I'm sure there's swimsuits you can get now and double fins. Oh, mate, you can, I had, you can do growing it. up, I literally nearly drowned myself because I would never go in my pool without a mermaid tail on. And I would like force myself to swim like a mermaid. Anyway, that's that's. Did it have a flip on the story? Yeah. Oh. No, no, it was a piece of fabric. My mum would oh, like yeah. sew, sew. Oh, I want to see photos. Oh, my God. See photos. <laughs> it was the best ever. It was the best. I was convinced I would actually turn into a mermaid one day. Never happened. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited to talk about today's Yeah. Point. Like Cezzy said, it is definitely close to our hearts. And, and because we live so close to the, the sea here. So yeah. Thank you again. Anyway, before we move on, let's just do a quick weekly wrap. Okay, so this week, little Foxy, he hit a milestone, didn't he, says? I feel like he's hit a lot of milestones. Yeah, okay, maybe maybe a few, but <laughs> this one in particular, you would have seen on my Instagram story, I, I've been like pestering him for at least a good month now, keep going to him like, hello, hello, keep doing this to him. And the other night I was Insta-storying him and he said it back, didn't he? I, you it know, so... I would love, I would love to rip on you and be like, no, because it really <laughs> sounded like it. And even my mum, even my mum was like, he fully said it back. Uh, my reaction was like priceless. I, I was so shocked. Was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Sarah! And then it just cuts off. But <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have much else. It was more just a, a dad moment this yeah. week yeah. for the weekly wrap. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, mine is all about Project Comeback again. If you don't know, by the way, I'm um. Obviously, 12 weeks postpartum, and I'm smashing the gym, smashing the healthy life. Yeah, he's giving me a fist pump for everyone who can't see. <laughs> and, okay, we did a group session at this gym in the city called 98 Riley, and it was myself, Tanika, Kurt, and our friend Daniel. And I kind of had an epiphany. Well, I mean, I've known it forever, but we were sitting down, and I was like, what are we going to do, guys? What's the session going to be? Hoping that no one would speak up. And at that moment, I realized how bossy I really am because, you know, I love the way that Kurt trains. I love the way that Daniel trains and Tanika trains, but 
I wanted to write the session and I really struggle doing sessions or doing workouts that other people write. I really, I thrive of being the boss. Well, as soon as we walked into the gym, you were like first to grab the whiteboard and the pen and you're already writing down like, all right, guys, we're doing this. I I feel like I took my saying, act confident and normal question you to a whole new level because I just walked in, pretended it was my own gym, grabbed the whiteboard. I was like, all right, whoever wants to get involved, let's do it. And it was one of the best sessions we've done in such a long time. Yeah, it was definitely a good session. Um, So what about, what about you, Tim? Boss Girl Mermaid over here. Yeah, yeah. Boss pretty Girl cool. Mermaid. <laughs> I had a great week actually. Um, you know, one of the big things about C- being CEO of a charity like Take Three for the Sea is you have a board of directors. So yesterday I had to present to our board of directors um, and it was like looking at what we're going to do for the next 12 months and you're always going a little bit nervous and the whole team is like, are the board going to approve the plan? Yeah. And it, uh, it came off with flying colours. We, we walked out of there with the full confidence of the board. So I'm feeling pumped up about oh, the yes. future of Take 3. I love good You're on a high right now. Yeah. <laughs> they are the best kind of meetings. I love that. So before we jump into the real juicy stuff of this episode, give us a quick little background of yourself. Like where do you live? What's your deal? Some fun facts. Yeah, sure. So look, I um, recently moved to the northern beaches of Sydney. Um, I grew up on the central coast of New South Wales, and that's where Take Three is based now at a place called Long Jetty. And my other two co-founders, Mandy and Roberta, both call Forrester's Beach home. Mm -hmm. Um, But look, I've been pretty transient throughout my, my 20s and um, really just exploring the world, doing education, getting a university degree. But really in this last sort of 10 years, I've been focused solely on building Take Three for the Sea. So we actually turned 10 in October 2019, oh, which is amazing. a big milestone. Um, but yeah, look, I've always had a real keen appetite for environmentalism and conservation. Um, I was fortunate where I grew up on the central coast is 25 acres of bush. So yeah. mm-hmm. even though I was frustrated as a kid that I didn't have uh, people like other friends that I could just go and knock on their door and say, hey, want to hang out? I'd go and hang out in, in the bush. I and so that. for yeah. me, the the, the natural world has always been like my best buddy. Um, and so I feel obviously. Like you and Kurt are like kindred spirits. Yeah. We're going to go Merman together. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> well, the first thing that Kurt said when I found out I was pregnant, he was like, I can't wait to go into the bush and make spears with him. I was like, okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, continue. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you do that as a kid too, right, Tim? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jungle man. Yeah, you just found a ways of entertaining yourself. Yeah. And yeah. it was awesome. But there was times when you were frustrated, but then in hindsight, you look back as an adult and you're like they were the most formative yeah. times of my entire life so as cool. were going into the ocean with your mates for the first time that's yeah. a big part of it too 100%. goggles oh my gosh i get ripped on all the time i am such a loser i i wear like swimming goggles like racing goggles she actually in the does ocean by, the way. by myself i don't care like when i was younger I mean, goggles aren't the coolest, especially when they're not diving goggles. So I would like bring them on the deal, like slip them into my bag, put them in my eyes and then go for a swim. Now, I just chuck Own them on. It. Yeah, rock I, it. Ex- rock it. Exactly. I <laughs> rock, rock it. Goggles. I'm a mermaid. I love it. Seeing under the ocean. Oh my goodness. I, I'm i on a high. I'm on a high afterward and I love it yeah, so I much. I love it. I can just sit in a rock pool or in a little area 
And just the closer you look, the more you see. So yes. I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I think it's great. Yes. I don't wear them surfing though. I draw a line at wearing okay, goggles yeah, while cause, surfing. Because surfing's a cool sport. It's <laughs> not cool. But I can't surf, so it doesn't really apply to me. Yeah, I can't, I can't say I've met many people who wear goggles surfing. Nah, nah. But I, I would be keen to try it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll know how to find you when we're looking at the line. Yeah, the that one girl no, no, wearing I'm goggles. The girl with the go- go- I'm the girl with the goggles and the mermaid tail surfing. <laughs> That's me. And do you have a, do you have a fun fact that like not that no one knows about you but just something super random oh gosh i was thinking about this when you just threw that on me but look i'm just gonna say that i have a sausage dog i've got a sausage dog called frankie and uh she's our little sidekick and companion through life she's pretty hilarious and weird fact is she actually sleeps in the bed with us no hey no no all right all right good abby sleeps in our bed but we get hate because we have a baby too so everyone's like it's gross i'm like yeah well you know you get that one (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna have fantastic resistance and immunity when it it grows up i reckon i agree let them live a grubby life no allergies yeah let it out yeah yeah you're my kind of guy you're my kind of guy speaking of abby yeah i know by the way abby just keeps coming in and out and she's really grinding my gears but anyway anyway she thinks she's the boss that's why she does yeah <laughs> okay my last question until we get into the juicy stuff one of my favorite questions i ask everyone is the morning routine and the fact that you can call yourself a ceo i feel like yeah, that's like pretty special elite what is your morning routine as the ceo of take three for the sea yeah look i love to go and get a bit of nature time so whether that's going for an early surf or going and doing some yoga or going for a walk with the dog but just to try and like start that day with a little bit of a, a nature kick but what time? Then, what time? I, we need specifics here. Yeah, like six thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's good early. Yeah. That's good time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> no, then, and then it's like you know, depending upon the day, you're either getting stuck straight into some meetings or some admin, or maybe you've got to do a bit of travel. Like our office is an hour and forty-five minutes drive from where I live, so I only go what? up there one day a week. Oh, okay. Yeah, the rest of the time I either work in the city at a share space or I work from home. And sometimes I have to do a bit of travel, so it's not like a everyday regular routine. Mm-hmm. But as long as I get that nature kick, I'm good. And if my if I don't, my wife senses it. She's like, "You need to go for a surf." <laughs> That's what I, I yeah. say that to Kurt sometimes. And they, you do you come back with such like vibrance in your face and in your yeah. your spirit yeah it Kurt just comes back looking like a little boy he's so happy and that's like my piece of like alone time as well i like to you know either go for a, a mountain bike ride we've got some pretty good trails nearby here um surf paddleboard or, or even just, just jump in the water in my swim. housing yeah he yeah. loves to body surf love, in like yeah. the whitewash yeah i just yeah i just love it yeah <laughs> what do you reckon's going on there i mean you know we can probably get into this a bit later on but like yeah. just that feeling of being in the ocean like yeah. you don't no. necessarily feel the change happen immediately but it's just suddenly you just transform it's i think so it's true. also a chemical thing like i did a lot of research into like the magnesium and the actual components of the ocean itself and how it penetrates the skin. So that's a lot of it to do for me. I think it helps me sleep so much because of the magnesium. But I think also like when you go under the water, it's so quiet. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I think I think it's like a mixture of your childhood memories, but also the chemical scientific side of the sea itself and how it responds to the human. That's my opinion. But mm. Yeah. I, I think know. there's probably a whole field of research in that regard. I know there's yeah. one guy who's 
very um, sort of prominent in the ocean conservation space based out of California called Wallace J. Nichols. And he's done a whole lot of research around, like he's done books called Blue Mind and all this stuff where it sort of looks at the fact that we are mostly water ourselves, that, you know, most yeah. people agree that life on our planet began in the oceans and we've all evolved from there. So there's something really special about being around the ocean, being around water, and obviously being in it yeah. is just really kickstarting your, um, yeah. you know, your natural... Yeah vibration but it's also yeah. it's also funny that some people like we are coastal people we've always said especially now that we live by the ocean we could never go back mm. but some people like my parents they love the hinterlands they, they love, love inwards the bushland, don't they? It, they love the bushland and they do love the ocean but if they were in the bush you know 360 days a year they, they would be happy i'm like yeah. i don't understand that can't relate cannot place. relate yeah. yeah. But what about if that was because I think most of Australians, like 90%, live within 50 kilometers of the coastline? Like, if yeah. that was three hours inland, would they still be okay with it, do you think? Probably not. Yeah. yeah. yeah probably it's something not. about knowing that the coastline <laughs> is just there. And obviously, the you know, between the coast and the Great Dividing Range here on the East Coast is the most lush and, yeah. you know, really um, most sort of forgiving landscape. As soon as you go to the other side, it gets a bit harder. It gets, yeah, no, it gets not a bit dry, doesn't it? No. So, take three for the sea. Right. Tell me all about it. I want to know the when, the why, the how. How did this begin? Yep. So if we go back in time to 2009, it was around October when I was first introduced to Mandy and Roberta. And Mandy and Roberta already had this idea. So we've all three co-founders have got our backstories. Yeah. Mine was obviously growing up in the bush, being environmental at heart, studying sustainability at university, working in other non-profit organizations. But my tipping point was when I went traveling around like Indonesia and India and Southeast Asia when I was in my mid-20s. Mm -hmm. And that was where I, I call it my, my Bachelor of Life. I'd done my Bachelor <laughs> of Science, which is all reports and papers and, and assignments. Yeah. But traveling and seeing how, you know, now it's 7.4 billion people, but seeing how the world actually coexists. Real like, life whoa mind yeah. blown yeah. and the thing that really stood out for me was like was seeing pollution like seeing yeah. rivers that were basically dead you know black water full of pollution and obviously going surfing in places and just going wow like if this is happening here and there really is only one ocean it's all interconnected this is going to become a global problem so started diving head first into the issue um, and in the process sort of um, came out the other side with this feeling like i'm going to do something about this and weird series of events meant I met Manny and Roberta and they had this idea, take three, a clean beach initiative. Imagine if everyone could just take a few pieces of rubbish with them when they leave the beach or anywhere in nature. And I was like, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Not just because picking up rubbish can help to solve the problem and save wildlife, but it could actually become something people bring into their everyday behavior. Yeah. And that's what I'm most proud about with On Take Three. On your everyday walk. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, essentially Take Three for the Sea, tell me if I get this wrong, it's just an idea or an initiative that you go to the beach and like you said, you take three pieces of litter home with you. Well, not home, you put it back in the bin. So it's so simple and everyone can do it. So who came up with the tagline? Who came up with the name? Yeah, so I think that was Mandy and Roberta together. So Mandy at the time had a two-year-old daughter and like a, a young uh, boy as well who surfed. And she was just sort of thinking, 
Like, what is something that everyone could do? And so I think they first came up with the idea of take five and they looked up and the URL was taken. Yeah. And oh. so it became take three. <laughs> and uh, five, too many, wait, too many know, for wait, my wait, little I hands. know what take five is. Take five is like that kids program, isn't high it? High five. You're oh, thinking of high, high five. five. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that was, that was playing into their ideas back then. It was yeah. catchy. It was fun. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so then it was take three. And then when we started to get some sort of help on branding, they were like take three for the C. And yeah. it was like that rhyming yeah. factor I came in. It. So like that's the hashtag old. now, and the hashtag's over 100,000 uses uh, on, on Instagram. And that's when amazing. we look into that hashtag, it's been used in 129 different countries. So wow. we've truly gone quite global. Um, and the good thing is, even though it's only three items here or 10 items there, it's only a handful here and there, when you add up how many people are doing it around the world, our analysis shows it's over 10 million pieces of rubbish every year that people no are picking way. up, which is kind of cool. That's massive. I saw, I don't know who it was, someone did an Instagram post the other day saying, um, you don't have to be perfect at your environmental changes that you're making, but if you do something little, everyone's little comes together to make something big. So it was like, you know, don't poo-poo the person who is using a plastic straw give them a high five for using a keep cup. You know, it's like everyone, if you just try to do something little, it's going to help everyone in the long run. I agree. I yeah. think there's so many, unfortunately, quite a few people get really hung up on expecting perfect. And I think I think one of the things I've seen that's in a similar vein is like, we don't need 10% of the population doing you know plastic free perfectly yes. we need 90 percent of the population doing it imperfectly 100%. so don't sweat the small stuff just do what you can yeah um and that's why it's so cool today to be able to speak to to your incredible audience and say how cool that you could each tomorrow or today or whenever you're listening to this you could actually go out and when you're walking down a street or in a park or wherever you are you could see a plastic straw on the ground or a bottle cap or a plastic bag you could actually pick that up you could put it in a bin and know it's never going to get into the ocean where it's yeah. going to harm wildlife. Yeah. You actually yeah. can do that today and tomorrow and yeah. next week. And I think that's also important to note if you're listening to this and you don't live by the sea, you don't just have to take three pieces from the sea. It can really be anywhere. But yeah. That's right. Because yeah. what we say is well. the ocean is downhill from everywhere. Yeah. Every river, <laughs> every stream, every stormwater drain leads, leads to the to ocean it. eventually. So even if you're a thousand kilometers from the ocean... That's where it's. That's where all this stuff is coming from. Yeah. Do you have any fun stats, or well, not even fun? Some, I guess, re realistic and mind blowing stats about what plastic really does in the ocean. Because to the naked eye, to just us, well, you see it in the ocean, and you just think back to the Instagram pictures you see of like the turtle and the straw, and you're like, oh, okay. But or the or the iconic photo of like the turtle with its head caught in the um. What's it with the beer? Yeah, the, the beer, beer holder holders. Yeah, like the six pack. What actually? Yeah. What is the effect of plastic in the ocean right now within Australia? Because I I see a lot of the pollution pictures, you know, in in Vietnam and stuff like that. But I want to know what's happening here because I go out to Cronulla. I'm like, oh, it's so perfect. It's beautiful. There's no rubbish. Like we're totally fine. But what's what's the reality? Yeah, look, so a few things there. I mean, quite often we can look at beaches, particularly around Australia, and they look clean from afar. Mm. But the closer you look, you realize they're far from clean. So there's a big problem out there now with microplastic and this stuff yeah. that has degraded down to become almost invisible, but it's definitely still there. But I want to go back even a step further, just with this simple realization that like, how many people actually listening in right now know what plastic is made from? 
Like it's a material that we have as part of our lives. We touch it from the moment we wake up well. to the moment we go to sleep. Plastic is everywhere. It's made from oil. It's made yeah. from petroleum. And there's like 45,000 different types of plastic and they're all made from chemistry. So we mix all these incredible materials and toxic stuff together to create these different types of materials. And the thing that unifies all of those 45,000 different types is it's not biodegradable. It's made out of these chemical processes that render it completely um, non-biodegradable. And that's why we're seeing all this stuff now about it coming out in the environment because once it gets there, it never really disappears. It just breaks yeah. up into smaller and smaller pieces. Yeah. yeah. Big, so, big deal. So you mentioned microplastics there. So what, what's, I guess, the impact of microplastics in the ocean at the moment? And I guess, yeah, what are they exactly? And how can you fix that if you yeah. can't see it? Yeah, look, this is really, I mean, how do we fix it? We've got to try and turn off the tap, right? So yeah. a lot of people want to try and create a solution where we can go and scoop up all the mess and, you know, get a trophy at the end of that experience. But mm. the bottom line is if we were in your bathroom there and the bath was overflowing and the tap was blaring, are you going to go and get a bunch of towels and start cleaning up the water that's on the bathroom floor or are you going to turn the tap off first? You're going yeah. to turn the tap off first mm -hmm. before you start going to try and fix the problem. So that's the same analogy that we're trying to bring into it. But look, the oceans will eventually, if we were to turn off the tap, yeah. I think the oceans would be able to address it in a long term. It would mm. start to sequester probably down to the depths of the ocean because some plastic either sinks initially because it's quite dense or it breaks apart marine life attaches to it or eats it and eventually it will get secreted and it will start to sink and sequester down to the bottom. But look, microplastic is a big issue, right? Um, what we're most concerned about is how it's ending up in the food chain. So mm. if you can imagine oh. microscopic plastic in the ocean, it's going to appear just like those little bits of algae that krill might eat. Yeah. And you've got a huge range of plankton that are yeah. going to be eating those smaller bits of plankton. It's going to get into fish and then it goes up and up and up the food chain. The killer and whales eat the plankton. Exactly. Right. No, no, not killer whales. Sorry, the whale, whale, whale sharks. Whale sharks. Whale sharks. Whale yeah. sharks eat the plankton. All those pelagic species, <laughs> um, they they end up eating everything that's in the food chain below them. So, so that affects concern. us? Look, there's a fair bit of stuff coming out now about um, certain types of seafood, particularly like filter feeders like uh, mussels and oysters. Yeah. So like they actually accumulate huge amounts of nutrients by sucking in seawater. And so if there's microplastic in that seawater, it's going to get caught in the tissue. And of course, like an oyster or a mussel, you eat the whole thing, stomach yeah. and all. Whereas fish, sure, there might be lots of plastic getting inside fish, but we don't often eat the stomach unless it's like a sort of anchovy or a sardine or something like that. So, yeah. but you know what? I mean, it's getting even more interesting now as more people are studying how much plastic is getting into our bodies, not necessarily just from seafood, but from the air that we breathe, yeah. I know. the water, like the beer, the table salt. Even Invisalign. even no, even, <laughs> um, in my hand even, right yeah, even storing your foods in containers. I did a lot of research with that with because I have a thing called PCOS, which is like a hormone imbalance, um, and they've actually found that a the, it's increased so much, which is kind of on par with the increase of plastic in the use in our lives. And so I did a lot of research with that and tried to color plastics in our lives, and we mm. used like a lot of glass and glass containers, and yeah, it's crazy how much plastic not only is affecting the environment but your your actual hormonal imbalances 
craziness. Okay, Health Codians, we interrupt this program for a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of The Health Code is brought to you by Skillshare. So Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of amazing classes covering dozens of creative and entrepreneurial skills. You can take classes in everything from photography, creative writing to design, productivity and more. So whether you're returning to a long time passion project, challenging yourself to get outside your comfort zone or simply exploring something new, Skillshare has classes for you. Personally, I like the classes in graphic design, animation and film and video because that is relative to me and my job in YouTube. I think I would totally be the same on that one. I really need to do a graphic design one. Yeah, I, me too. I really, I wing it and I'm just I'm just not there. Well, says you're actually in luck because you could join millions of students who are already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months for free. That's right, sir. Skillshare is offering Health Code listeners two months of ultimate access to thousands of classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash health code. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash health code for your two free months. Now, let's get back into the show. Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously as the community uh, understanding and awareness around the impacts on the environment grows, and of course, companies and corporations are having to respond accordingly. But I suspect when we start to get more compelling evidence about the human health impacts, that's what's going to be transformative. Because mm. I know that and you and us. me and yeah. everyone who's listening does not like the idea that they're eating, I think the stat recently is a credit card worth of plastic every week is entering what? our wow. body. That came out just Stop recently. It. I yeah. need this tea, oh. this why I need to get a house, get a backyard, <laughs> make my own food, grow my own food, make my own little salmon, my salmon. Yeah, a little aquaculture set up <laughs> yes, at the back. Yes, yep, and that would be kind of morbid, wouldn't it? Having pet salmons and then making them for dinner. <laughs> my bad. I guess that's what people have done for a long time, their own chickens and things as well. But yeah, I mean, it can get pretty frightening. And it's very important to note here that a lot of this stuff, you need to make sure when you're looking into this that you're you're acknowledging the peer-reviewed scientific studies, because there can be a fair bit of hype and concern around it, mm. but it's um, it's definitely stacking up to be pretty pretty concerning. And not only like plastics, it's it's, it's synthetic materials across the board. It's in the food that we eat, you know, what a lot about of those, those synthetic mic- fertilizers. You know, there was that big thing with the microbeads in um, face products and they went yep. down the drain. You know, there was that big uproar with like, yep. I don't want to say the brand in case it's wrong, but yeah, those plastic beads. So you should always look for something that's obviously biodegradable, like salt and... Yep, sugar, coffee grinds coffee and grinds. sugar There's and so many good... nut husks and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so we're talking about like exfoliating microbeads. So yeah. essentially, they were huge for a fair while there. They started to dip down now, but you look at the product and it looked fantastic and it said, hey, we're going to help clear your acne and you're going to look beautiful. Mm. It was essentially tiny little bits of plastic that would make it feel scrubby on your face. But essentially, Micro-plastic. all that plastic goes down the drain through our sewage treatment systems, but they never get filtered out. So they either get discharged into waterways in the ocean or they use that sort of sludge to go out and grow our food. So there's all this stuff. I don't understand. Like I see a lot of the viral videos on Instagram. I feel like I've mentioned Instagram so many times, but a lot of my research is always on Instagram. I just kind of, whatever. So I feel like a lot of the videos I end up seeing on Instagram, it's like one body of water, let's say in Bali, that is absolutely covered covered in plastic i don't understand how cronulla can look so pristine and beautiful and then one other beach can look so 
bad. And even if it's in the same country, how does that happen? Is that like a filtering thing? Is that like the community? I don't know if you know the answer to this, but I'm yeah, just look, really confused. Yeah, no, it's look, it, it's put this way, right? So here in Cronulla and all around Australia and you know what we call developed countries, we've mm. invested a lot of money in the infrastructure. So we have bins in your kitchen and we'll have bins downstairs in the apartment complex that then get collected by trucks and taken away to facilities. And like billions of dollars have been invested in making our lives very simple and very um, strategic when it comes to managing waste. Yeah, I don't think But when you that, go to Indo or yeah. when you go to Southeast Asia, they've got other priorities and they don't have that sort of money to spend, let alone once you've got the infrastructure, then you have education. So we've grown up in families and communities yeah. where it's kind of intolerable don't, to, litter, to throw your... don't be a litter bug. Yeah, or we exactly even have right. ads don't on the television tosser. that say don't do it. Yeah, exactly tosser. right. Your tosser, that yeah, was your campaign. Tosser. But then you take that and look at a South Pacific island where all they've ever done is use banana leaves or natural fibres to carry their stuff from the grocery and eat it. Mm. So their behaviour is to burn it or throw it in the, the paddock because the cow will eat it. Yeah. Yeah. And so suddenly we've got this global spread of plastic that overtakes all those ways that we used to do things. And how on earth are we A, going to get the infrastructure to all those communities and B, educate 7.4 billion people? And that's why we've got a problem right now. Because Mm. in the last 40 or 50 years, we haven't planned for plastic. Yeah. Yeah. So on top of the initiative of taking three pieces of rubbish from the ocean or whatever natural environment you're in, what are some favorite ways that you would like to open up the conversation that people can do to be more environmentally friendly. For instance, like I'm really trying to be better with my keep cup. I'm so bad. <laughs> and I wish, if I feel judged in front of you because you're so good. And I, today I went and bought a coffee and it came in a cup, like a takeaway cup. Hey, no hate here. It's about, don't, um, don't, don't sweat the small stuff. Like just do the best you can. And look at what you guys are doing. You're using your channel now to really bring this important message. But yeah. I do think that aside from the act of, of, of picking up rubbish, which may not be something that the people listening in do tomorrow or next week, that might that might be a hard slot yeah, for them. Yeah, what can the city slickers do who like are wearing Gucci and they don't want to touch the rubbish on the floor? Well, the first thing I suppose is to... Well, I'm just opening, I'm just listening to, I'm trying to talk to everyone here, you know? Yeah, exactly The bougies, right. the babes, than the Bogans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think what we're doing now is we're opening up a conversation, right? And it all does yeah. start with education and inspiration. So you could follow Take Three for the Sea or look into other people in your community who are like you, but are also getting a little bit more eco-conscious. But I think the big thing for me, like right back to the coffee cup conversation, is you obviously feel the guilt in doing so. Yes. And that is that whole idea of well, rethinking the way you've used a view disposability because your beautiful keep cup that you've got here right now it's a beautiful thing and it can be used hundreds and hundreds of times uh, over and over again but that disposable cup unfortunately that you used this morning it's actually going to be here even when you've died yeah isn't that surreal like that item is going to last i know no i love it i love it like you need to get me in my soul because because i'm too i'm too frivolous i'm like yeah that's bad no i like this it's going to be there when i'm dead and that's my fault (laughs) i I like this i even looked into the plastic cups as well and and 
on the inside of the carb. I thought it was just cardboard, that section there yeah. that, that holds the water, but there's plastic within all of that to hold, like obviously keep it from leaking. So so dumb. I didn't yeah. even realize that. So some and, of that um, credit card full of plastic that you're eating, consuming every week is probably coming from the plastic lining of your coffee cup yeah. and your no, coffee cup my lid. my hormones cannot take this. <laughs> well, I, glass I, keep yeah, cup, no, you I've know got, it. I've got my the here, solution's guys. right I've got, here. Uh, I've got a, it's actually a really new tea. It's green tea with chai weird hmm? but it tastes good it i have one tastes, before as well tastes really good maybe <laughs> yeah i need it i need to upgrade my stash of keep cups so i have like well, am i allowed nice to do that collection. can i get three yeah yeah cool yeah. Glass, glass. as long as they yeah. keep getting reused that's the, that's the whole point of it yeah i will i will yeah. okay and i'm good with straws okay i'm great with straws yeah, yeah i heard got, that that's really is, is there anything else that's like not as common maybe or something that we overlook yeah, I mean, I think think about when you're going and getting takeaway food. So mm. I carry around like a bamboo spork. It's a spoon at one end and a fork at the other. I love people I like so you. Should, I might even have one in the car. I'll bring one out later. But yeah, they're really cool. Um, it just feels so good. Like when someone's handing you that plastic fork and once again, you're like, yes, I need to eat my lunch with this plastic fork or spoon. I will use it for 10 minutes, but that's going to outlive me. How yeah. do I feel about yeah. that? You know what? I'm going to use my bamboo one. Yeah. Or even see if there's a metal one that you can borrow from, yeah. the, from the shop. And I think even if you, if, if the people at the shop see you do that, that would even get in their subconscious and maybe get them thinking, maybe I should totally. do that as well. I like the restaurants or the cafes that give you the bamboo ones or yeah. like the, the cardboardy ones. I, yeah. I like them. I don't, yeah. like, I don't like eating off them. I do. Texture of them. I do. <laughs> oh, the, I the, the thin little wooden ones yeah. that sort of feel oh, a little bit... I, like oh, I always get worried I'm going to get a splinter or something. <laughs> do you know what? Oh my gosh, I'm going to start taking chopsticks around because I like to eat everything with chopsticks. Everything. <laughs> like you give me spaghetti bolognese, chopsticks. <laughs> you give me a steak, I can see chopsticks. it now. I make Before my... you know it, should be catching flies with them as well. Of, no, oh, I'm a weapon. I, I am the Mulan. Have you seen Mulan? The movie? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I am Mulan of chopsticks. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Okay, so... Keep cup, straws, chopsticks, take three minimum pieces of rubbish from the ocean. Mate. And talk with yeah. your crew about it, you know? Like you we've each got a sphere of influence. Yours is mega monstrous. Yeah. Other yes. people's might be just their little crew. But you know, if you set an example and you get, you know, into this idea, share it around. Yeah. And that is what's mm. creating this significant social movement that we're seeing right yeah. now around protecting the planet. Another thing that we love in our house is um those beeswax wraps groovy do you have awesome. them yeah oh they're so good so yeah. if anyone is listening and doesn't know what i'm talking about you know when you normally use like cling wrap or cling fill is that really the i've only never one? heard of cling, cling, fill, cling but yeah yeah, anyway. yeah. Cling i'm wrap. just yep some families it. call it cling okay. fill. Yeah. you use a beeswax wrap instead and it's kind of just like a handkerchief which is covered in wax and you can reuse it over and over again and they're the best things ever yeah and then also there's these new silicone I think it's silicone. I don't know, like this stretchy silicone things. No, no, the 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 Ziploc bags. Oh yeah. You know the, yep, the reusable Ziploc. Yep. I need, I don't we have them, need to get but some we need them. to get them. Yeah, they're cool. totally. This is making me excited to be super eco friendly. <laughs> I'm gonna have like solar panels on my house, and I'm gonna have a green. I'm gonna have a greenhouse in my backyard. You wait. I like I'm it. gonna invite you over when <clears throat> when I get a house house. I'm gonna invite you over. I'm gonna make you dinner. From my garden. Oh, you got me and excited. And salmon from my lake. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim, what's what's the worst kind of plastic that's going? Like, I mean, in terms of rubbish, what's like the worst one that's big, most problematic at the moment? Yeah, look, good question. Seen? I mean, you're really just looking at the stuff that's being used and consumed in in massive high numbers. That we've made great progress on things like plastic bags mm. and coffee cups. I think we're the, 
the horse has sort of bolted on that, particularly in you know Australia since we had the War on Waste program and a few other high profile mass media stories. But I think what we really need to sort of address is just the amount of plastic packaging that we use around mostly processed foods. There's another whole part of it is, you know, most people who are using a lot of plastic in their lives, it generally dictates there's a fair bit of processed stuff going into your mm. body as well. So mm. like this morning, um, I went to the farmer's market, which I, re- I love. Oh, I love. You're talking Sassy's Go- language here. We love it. My basket. To... Oh, I love <laughs> it. I love it. And yeah. the little connections you have with these people who either have grown your food or know who's grown that food. Yeah. It just changes the game. Yeah, good yeah. old Robert who makes the strawberries. You build a rapport. <laughs> the strawberries taste so much sweeter. You pick them yourself. I actually said to Kurt, my dream date underneath going to the farmer's market is going <laughs> to pick my own fruit. Honestly. Yeah. You know, that's the question. Like, what's your True. dream date? Going on a walk on the beach? No. Going to she pick, to pick berries and putting it in a basket. Oh, the end. yes. The end. Yeah. And you just markets. like, you come back and your, your fingers are all covered in like blueberries I and like it's it. just dripping down your clothing. I would love it. Just gluttoning is, out on berries. Seriously. Any, we, and no, I don't even care. Any kind of fruit. I just want to be a jungle woman picking fruit. <laughs> seriously. Well, you know what? I mean, there's a lot of, there's a growing community of people who are actually trying to live plastic free, right? And there's something mm. coming up in July called Plastic Free July where people try and sign up and live a whole month without using plastic oh my berries goodness. are the hard one right how hard is it to find berries without yeah. plastic oh, which is really sucks because they're so good yeah well, even at the farmer's market they're all in punnets yeah that's but you true. could take your own little one if they but then they're, but they're in punnets so i would mm. be getting out of their punnet and putting it in my punnet what happens to the old punnet <laughs> you punnet. can like look yeah look i mean I've, I've found the same thing like with with figs there's a guy there and everything was in plastic i said look can i just take them in a paper bag and you will you reuse that Container, he's like, yeah, sure. Because we've got to remember, they cost their money. True. Nothing's free in this world. So no. all those coffee yeah, cups, that your disposable coffee cups and all those disposable punnets, like someone's paid for that. Yeah, so it adds to the there's, cost. There's got to be an economic motivator at some point to try and reduce plastic pollution. But um, yeah, at the moment, plastic is kind of pretty cheap, yeah. very convenient. Yeah. And so that's why we're, we're living such a plastic life. 100%. So you touched on recycling <laughs> just then. What plastics are actually recyclable? Because I'm so bad you know, at this. You put the bottles in there and then plastic bags, not recyclable. My mum like, gets mad because we... I'm like, mum, this is in the rubbish. She's like, it's recyclable. I'm like, I don't know. It's hard, hey? Yes. It's really hard. Look, the rule is to, I mean, that sounds so dull, but you have to consult like what your local council rules are, right? Because there's people listening in from all around Australia and there's no consistent rules necessarily. Right. So that is your, your source of the news straight from the, the source, right? Is mm. to consult your council website. But generally hard, rigid plastics. So like, I mean, it's everything from like a, a bottle that contains soft drink right through to those hard plastic containers that come around most stuff. That can generally be recycled, but the soft, squishy stuff, so everything from a Ziploc bag or cling film to... No. Because, like, what happens when you put a cardboard box in the recycling and it has sticky tape all around it? That would generally get filtered out. So the cardboard and paper... My mum gets mad at me. For leaving it on. You know you don't live with your mum anymore. (laughs) She's my best friend. Everyone on the podcast knows this. Okay, I'm a loser. Get over it. Sounds like your mum's a recycling legend. But that will actually get dealt with. Same as like, you know, like an envelope, right? It's got a little plastic window. When they mulch down all the paper and cardboard, the the mulch will sink and the plastic will probably float and then they'll skim it off. So you're okay with that. Don't sweat it on that. All right. Um, But look... 
The thing about it is, right, everything is recyclable if we can figure out a way of separating out all the different types of plastic into a clean stream, which with this 45,000 different types of plastic, that's gonna get really hard. So the reason we've got a big problem with recycling at the moment is Australia has set up mostly like a one bin system. Yeah. So all the glass, metal, different types of plastic all go in and then it re relies upon engineering to try and then separate it all out again. Yeah, but right. if you go to Japan or Germany or Sweden, They'll have like 10 different bins. Who doesn't love the Japanese? They just are on the floor. They're so efficient. They're so, they're so efficient. I they're kind of so wish efficient. I was a Japanese moment. Damn it. And they so care. They like everything is considered and cared for. And that's unfortunately what I think the future needs to become again. We actually yeah. need to realize that the things that we use in our lives and then want to dispose, we have to find that channel so that that item can go back to someone who just wants that material to then repurpose. So I'm a big fan, like in New South Wales and other parts of Australia, there's the 10 cent refund scheme now. Yes. And you can take your bottles and cans back. And the greatest thing about that, aside from the fact that you can actually make money from recycling. Yeah, that's people's is, business. Legit, people like make their salary off that. There's this old man next to the gym. Have you seen the can thing? Uh, yeah, says? I have. This old man literally goes there every day, has buckets and buckets. He must be a millionaire, I swear. He was <laughs> like, the chain just like, the chain just comes out at him. I love seeing the little kids when their eyes light up, when the when the money just keeps falling out on them every time they put a can in. It's so and good And back in them. the day, you can, get, you can get red frogs for 10 cents, but these days, 10 cents gets you nowhere. <laughs> yeah, true that, true that. But it all adds up. Yeah. But yeah, true. so... So the, the thing I love about that, aside from how cool it is to make money from doing the right thing, yeah. is that the materials get separated at that point. Ah. So all the brown glass goes there and all the green glass goes there. So suddenly, and there's a big terminology here that's gonna blow people's mind, but there's a model called the circular economy. And it's all about how we can redesign society so that everything stays in the loop. Yeah. At the moment, when we think of recycling, we, we imagine that we pop it in the yellow bin and then some magical fairy turns it into a new product that we then go and buy on the supermarket shelf. That's not the case. Most of the stuff that we recycle here gets downcycled, landfilled, or shipped over to the other side of the world for someone else mm. to deal with it. Oh. But when we start to redesign the system, like the 10 cent refund, suddenly, you know, a, a beverage company can actually go and get their hands on that recycled material, make new bottles, and we can actually have that closed loop. So we don't need just, landfill and we don't need exporting our waste. purely because I it's easier it. for them. Is that the reason for that? Yeah, look, it's, it's been, we've been externalizing the costs of our very wasteful society for too long. Mm. Cheaper just to throw it in landfill, cheaper to throw it on a ship and take it to Vietnam or China. But now we've got new innovators coming out, new entrepreneurs and new political models, right? The, the 10 cent refund scheme is a government policy. And they've invested in that now to turn our beverage container supply chain into a circular economy, mm. which is cool. So what's your dream for Take 3 for the Sea? Do you have like a big event that you're planning or what's coming up? You said you had your meeting with the board of directors yesterday. Can Don't, you talk about that? Yeah, what, what can you tell us? Do you have something really exciting happening or? Yeah, lots of exciting things. I mean, we're so fortunate with our little organization. Um, we've got eight staff now. Um, we've got about 30 wonderful volunteers and we've got this global community. I think we're getting close to 300,000 followers across Instagram and Facebook. I'm sure we'll get a few more once you guys share yeah. this potty around. Go and follow Take 3 for the Sea, guys. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, and you'll see from our branding and stuff now, like we've really tightened up our message. So our goal is to really get this thing happening globally and why not? Yeah. It's so simple. It doesn't matter what country you're in around the world. 
you can go out today and pick up three pieces of rubbish. So it's truly got global appeal. But what we actually do, so we obviously as a charity, we get donations and yeah. we get support from businesses and things. We invest that money into education programs for young people. So we go out into schools, we have a program for surf clubs, and we do projects in communities all around Australia. So our hope is that you get to come along to one of our events next year. Um, keep yeah. an eye yeah. out on our social feed. You can come, you can volunteer, you can help out. We might come to your school. We're gonna build online education resources so that schools and teachers all around the country and around the world can learn more about this problem and how to be part of the solution. So. Away we go, bigger and better things to come for take three for the sea. How fun! And then yeah, Fox, so when amazing. he goes to school, he'll you might come and talk to him. <laughs> and Fox will be like, "Mate, I didn't know about this. I got my three pieces of litter this morning on my morning surf." You wait, yeah. The kids get it. Yeah. You go into a school, and obviously, we teach them new things. Yeah. But in their hearts and their souls, they're like, "Plastic hurts the dolphins and the penguins <laughs> and the whales." Yeah. We've got to get rid of plastic. Like yeah. They don't get confused and, and convoluted with the with the complexity. And they're not lazy. Mm. They just want to do it. Yeah, kids yeah. aren't lazy. If you make it fun and you give them that kind of sympathetic or empathetic reason, <laughs> you know, yeah, it pulls at their heartstrings. Yeah. That's how to get the kids. Yeah. You want to see the dolphins when you surf, Fox? Yeah. Pick up your three pieces yeah, exactly. of rubbish, mate. I love that. I love that. And one of my favorite things to do with all of our guests is a new segment that's called Shut Up and Answer My Questions. Bitch. Bitch. Oh, are you going to hit me with some hard questions? Yeah, it's kind of just like no, a... No, this is lighthearted and fun. It's, it's like the hot seat. They're really quick. Ready? Oh, right. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Merman or a shark? Would you uh, rather shark. be? Shark. That's... No, I don't agree. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather be a seahorse or a squid? Squid. Mm. Summer or winter? Uh, summer. Good. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, you're yeah. a sea boy. Come on. <laughs> coffee or tea? Both, but coffee. Oh, yes. Yes. Again, yes. my kind of guy. I kind of need it. You know, yeah. Whereas yeah. tea, I can just, I know I can get it. Exactly. Tea, yeah, but coffee is like a necessity. Yeah. yeah. Do you sleep with socks or without socks? No socks. No, I'm, I'm a sock girl. You're weird, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah in actually, summertime? No, I'm, no. Like, I just, it's so cozy, but it grosses Kurt out. Yeah, I don't like it. Like, the other day I was, I was making the bed and, I, like, there was a sock underneath and I was just freaked out. I was like, I don't want to touch that. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. Shower or bath? Shower. Yeah. Chocolate or lollies? Chocolate. Yeah. Mm. Um, where is your ultimate thinking station? Ah, the ocean. Really? Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah, all the answers come to me when I'm out there. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Morning bird or night owl? Mm, bit of a night owl. Mm, okay. I get productive late at night. And, yeah. yeah. Like um, I'm very much the same. Yeah. In sense. Morning... I wish I was a morning person though, because I love morning the bird. mornings. Yeah. It actually <laughs> makes the mornings then feel awesome. Like, yeah. especially yeah. if there's like a week where you've had a few late nights and then you go and have a morning one, you're like, this is great. Yeah. That's why I love that morning routine question because it encourages people to maybe rejig their morning routine. When I have a good morning routine, I have like a good life. Yeah. Sounds really intense, but so true. Yeah. Productivity. You sound like you must be very productive. Too productive that it hurts yeah. myself. <laughs> Babies or puppies? Ooh, puppies. No, no hate. I love puppies too. It's fine. Dinner dates or brekkie dates? Uh, I love a good brekkie. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's an Aussie thing. Like, yeah. Aussies love a good brekkie day. Yeah. Good avo. Like, avo yeah. poached eggs and bacon. Yeah. Like, it's a good time. Yeah, you can oh, never go yes. wrong. Yeah. And finally, the deal breaker. Cookies or ice cream? Ice cream. 
Yeah. yeah. Good boys. You're, def- you're definitely a part of our crew. I like it. I'm like so connected to you guys. You're now. welcome anytime. Before we wrap up, just tell everyone where they can find you and yeah, plug your socials. Yeah. Yep, cool. So I'm Tim Silverwood uh, on my socials and then take three for the C. If you plug either of those into your search engines, hopefully a whole bunch of stuff will come up. And if you do and, it, hashtag um, it. Yeah, hashtag yeah. take three for the C. That's um that's the one that we're really excited about. And go uh, follow them. Let's build their socials up, guys. Well, tomorrow morning we'll go and we'll we'll take our three and we'll hashtag it. So you guys yeah. will see that photo on our 100%. Instagram page. Hundred percent. I that. am Sarah's Day. Sarah's underscore Day on Instagram. Sarah's Day on YouTube. And I'm KJ Tills on Instagram and YouTube. And thank you so much, Tim, for coming on the show. Like I said earlier, it's something very close to our heart. We love the ocean. We love everything that you guys are doing. So thank you very much. Oh, thanks, guys. I mean, just being able to use your platform to spread this important messaging is pretty darn cool. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> we love it. All right, everyone, go and take your three pieces of rubbish and embrace your inner mermaid or merman. <laughs> See you later, guys. See ya.